0: And we've seen in the previous couple of episodes that John the Baptist is making way, preparing the path for the Messiah that is yet to come. And he had been preaching, and he's preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And all the people are responding to him, people from Jerusalem and Judea and all the district around the Jordan. And they're coming, and they are confessing their sins, and they're repenting, and they're being baptized. Well, then some of the religious rulers show up, and John wasn't having anything to do with it. He called him a brood of vipers and, war- and said, who warned you to flee the wrath to come? And then he tells him, he says, if you truly repented, then bear fruit in keeping with that repentance. But he says, let me tell you, you're not going to be able to sit there and say, hey, we're from Abraham, so we're all right. He said that God can raise up stones from these stones right here, children to Abraham if he wants to. And then John told him that the ax was already laid at the root of the trees. In other words, there's going to be a judgment come, okay? And unless you bear good fruit, it's going to be cut down, and that tree is going to be thrown into the fire. But then John says something really, really interesting in verses 11 and 12. Let me pick it up there. As for me, this is John speaking, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in His hand, and He will thoroughly clear His threshing floor, and He will gather His wheat into the barn, but He will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So as we saw in the previous episode, this is speaking of things that were about to happen. Messiah was about to be revealed, okay? And He was going to baptize them with the Holy Spirit and fire, which would take place uh, within a few years. But then this whole thing of his winnowing fork and the judgment that's coming, that has yet to occur. Even from my time perspective, it's yet to occur. So John brings his very directed word to the leadership, and then he proclaims this thing about judgment as the leadership and as the people listen. Verse 13 continues. Then Jesus arrived in Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. Now, just think about that in the context of what we've seen so far (coughs) of what he had said, what John had said to the religious rulers, what he was saying to the people, repent, confess your sin, prepare the way because Messiah is coming. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes to be baptized. Now, John didn't know that he was the Messiah yet. He knew him as a family member. He knew him as a good man. How do you know that? Well, what he's about to say here in just a moment, okay? He knew that, but he did not know that Jesus was Messiah. He's about to find out. So Jesus arrives from Galilee, verse 14. But John tried to prevent him saying, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? So what's he saying? He's saying, hey, I, I see the way that you've lived your life. I know who you are. And you know what? You need to baptize me. I mean, I've never seen you. Uh, I feel sure that, yes, you've sinned is what John's thinking, but I've never seen it. Little did he know that he had never sinned before. Speaking of Jesus, Jesus understood the quandary that John was in here, okay? Because John was very uncomfortable about this. He's saying, I'm not sure about this, verse 15. But Jesus answering, said to him, now listen to what Jesus says. Permit it at this time. For in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. The, I think the King James actually says, suffer it to be so. Let me click a couple of buttons here and see. I know that's what it says. Yes, Jesus answered, suffer it to be so now. Okay? We think of suffering in a different kind of use of that word. Jesus was just saying this, allow this to happen. Permit this to happen. Well, why is he having to ask for the, quote, permission, unquote, of John the Baptist? Because he's asking John to baptize him. John could have refused. And Jesus says, hey, allow this to happen. Well, why? And listen to this. This right here often slips past us. For in this way, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. In what way? For in this way, in the way of the fact that Jesus would be baptized, it is fitting for us, who be the us, for us to fulfill all righteousness. I think the us is Jesus and John the Baptist. Okay, He's saying, allow this to happen, because it's fitting for this to happen, because it's going to fulfill all righteousness. It's going to fulfill all the prophetic word that's been spoken about me, and you're doing this. So John allowed it. Now the last two verses, verses 16 and 17 of Matthew 3. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold... A voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? So John baptizes Jesus. Jesus comes up out of the water, and the heavens were open. Heavens, plural, were open. Uh, what are these heavens? We know at least of three heavens that you see in Scripture, maybe more, but at least three. We have the atmospheric, we have the realm that we call the sun, moon, and stars type of thing, and then we have the place where the most high God resides, which we believe is the third heaven, according to what John, I mean, Paul had received with some experiences. But the heavens were open, and it says he saw the spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. Well, the version I'm reading right now, that first he is lowercase, so it gives the idea that John saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on Jesus. It could also mean that Jesus saw the Spirit of God coming and lighting on himself, that he saw it coming. But then, behold, a voice out of the heavens spoke, saying, "'This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased.'" So this gives me the idea that there's probably John that saw the Spirit, because this word was spoken. Okay, this word was spoken for somebody to hear. If he if it was spoken just to Jesus, it'd have been something along the line, You are my son, and I am pleased in you. But God said, This is my beloved son. So he's like pointing to him while he's speaking to somebody else. We know from other portions of the scripture that John says, that the Lord had told, told me that the uh, one that I see the Spirit lighting on as a dove is the Messiah. Well, here's where that happened. So we know that, that we have that testimony. Also, John testifies that he heard this. And other people around thought they heard something, but they didn't know what it was, okay? But John heard that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Did Jesus need to be baptized <coughs> for the remission of sins? No he had never sinned. Was he baptized as a walk of faith and a walk of obedience and fulfilling the prophetic word and setting an example and walking in humility? As he says right here in John, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Yeah, that's what was going on here. He was fulfilling all righteousness. Also, it was verifying, confirming to John that this, is the Messiah. Exciting thing in it. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time and I'll see you in the next episode.